welcome to the ninth episode of Progressive Murder Mystery Podcast, where we have been following some of the corrupt activities of our villain, Donald T. Johnson, and some of his victims who profess to have killed him. In this episode, we have a slight twist in the tale, for it would seem that there is certainly no honor among thieves in the Danny Carver story. Enjoy! Don Johnson has many enemies, but as he's found out, it only takes one to ensure his end, and now he's lying on a mortuary slab. But just who did it? Was it one of the many enemies? Or was it closer to home? It's gone midnight, and we're in one of Don Johnson's safe house apartments. This one is in Clapham, near the Common. You've made yourself at home quick enough. You had your own key then? The body's not even stiff and yet here you are. Someone has to make sure the valuables are safe. You heard then. Bad news travels fast in this town. Were you there? When he fell from the roof garden. Or was he pushed? I was there. Close enough to touch. Close enough to feel the draught as he toppled over the parapet. So, you saw? Not who did it. There was a crowd around him. Saw his body, though, crumpled on the pavement six floors below. Are you sure it was him? The thing on the pavement. Same build as Don. Wearing the same suit. You know, the one. The one he was so fond of. Prince of Wales check. The head, the face, just pulp. Unrecognisable, they said. I didn't look. You don't think... <laughs> sort of stunt he might pull. Things have been getting a bit warmer for him just lately. He'd been pushing on the wrong doors. But no, I don't reckon it. It's John Johnson on the slab, all right. I was there. So where were you? Not there. Where, then? You fancy me for it. Why not? Where were you? Round and about. Early evening I had some business at Ishfieler in Bayswater. The turf room. It's a casino. Licence? Legit? Oh, of course, you'd know it. One of your knocking shops above. It's a private members club. Touchy. Anyway, the manager, Carlo, had been getting into bad habits. I thought I might have to give him a spanking. But I just had to give him a look and remind him of where his interests lay bit beneath you these days, I'd have thought. like to keep my hand in. Trouble with a lot of management. They get too remote from where the money's actually made. Get you, Harvard Business School. Where then? Another meet. And I'm not giving out details. Then home. I still fancy you for it. You didn't have to be there. Didn't have to be the one who pushed him. Like they say in all the detective stories... You had means, opportunity and a pretty damn good motive. Give over. I've had enough of coppers this evening that last me. I've just been watching about it on the ten o'clock news. 
Good evening, Mr. Carver. No, don't get up. Your mother let me in. I'm Detective Chief Superintendent Cummings. And? I believe you were employed by Mr. Donald Johnson. The late Donald Johnson. No, yeah. I worked for Don. I've just been watching about it on the TV news. Terrible. Terrible. Mm, If you don't mind me saying, Mr. Carver... You don't seem that distressed by the news of your employee's sudden and violent death. I heard about it earlier this evening. I suppose I've had time to uh, get used to the idea. And you didn't think to make yourself available to the authorities when you heard? My people were there. I didn't think there was any need to complicate things, get in people's way. How sensible. Pity other members of the public don't share your viewpoint. So, I'd assume that it was all just a tragic accident. That's the picture I got from my people. (laughs) Not close, then, you and Mr Johnson. Are you treating this as... Suspicious? Yes. We are treating Mr Johnson's death as suspicious. And this is... Nothing to get concerned about. We're just trying to get a picture of where everybody associated with the deceased... Might have been at the time. I wasn't... No, you weren't there. We know that. But you did organise the security for the event. That's part of your function for Mr Johnson, right? That's right. My people were... Hang on a minute. Don't I know you? Likely. I've been around here off and on for a while. But you live in Sydney. You're just here for all the celebrations. Well, that's what Johnson's PA told us. You're not Freddie Cummings. Detective Constable Cummings as was. Yes, me. Well, I never. You have come a long way, Freddie. DCSA. Mind you, you've lost a bit of hair getting there. And the glasses. Think rim tortoiseshell suits you? Carver? You're not Danny Carver. Used to work for Sammy Street, Sallo. I might be. Well, well, flat foot Freddy. No one calls me that now. Suppose not. Now I look at you properly, you are him, all right. You filled out a bit, turned from a punk kid into a man. (laughs) You used to be thin as a whippet. Put on a few pounds since. Maybe it's muscle, though. Muscle was your speciality back then. (laughs) I was fond of you, too. And Lippy, you always was a Murphy little sod. The good old days, eh? (laughs) You dropped out of sight just after Marco Valletta was topped. I always fancied you for that. I'm not holding my hands up for it now. Of course not. Just saying. Ancient history. Well, like you say, ancient history. We were both different people then. You were going to tell me what you want with me now. Was I? Spit it out. Well, just for elimination purposes, you understand? I have to ask. Yeah? If you weren't on the scene, so to speak, where were you this evening from, say, 7pm? I had a business meeting in Bayswater, then went on... To a private house in Westbourne Grove. I was being followed? No, not at all. Pure stance. The two gentlemen you met with happened to be of interest to some other colleagues of mine. 
You just happened to walk into the picture. I'll have to believe you, won't I? Anyway, you'll know how long I was there. After that, I came straight home. Must have been pretty important, this meeting. To keep you away from the festivities. Keep you away from your boss's side. I would have thought that would have been priority for this evening. Think what you like. Every folks you were meeting with. You sure there's nothing more I should know? Private business. Nothing for you to know about. Well, it's been good catching up on old times. Are we done here? I'd like to turn in about now. <laughs> sure. I'll leave you to it for now. Of course, whoever offed your boss did ask quite a favour. We know that he was bent. All the legit business is just a front for what he was really up to. Bent is a non-bob note. No surprise to you, of course, not sharing classified information. Never could get close enough, though. Too many friends in our places. Open season now he's dead. We can turn over all the stones. Expect the fraud squad will be around too sweet. Sleep well, Danny boy. Sleep well. Grand when old pals look you up, isn't it? <laughs> You're staying with your mother. What's wrong with that? I don't see the old girl that often. And who can you trust if not your own mum? Sorry. Nice you still have her. You still think I've some sort of motive for removing Don from the scene? Now you're going to tell me why you don't. Bright lady like you. Thought you'd cotton on easily enough. Yeah, flattery will get you everywhere. You're still a mystery, though. You just breezed into town a few years ago and now look at you. You want the full story, then? Why not? We've got time. OK. Make yourself comfortable. Want a drink? I'll get it myself. I know where it's kept. Of course you do. Anything for you? Sure. There's cognac. Here you are. So go on, what are the big secrets? You never have given much away. Don appreciated that. He liked a quiet man. So, I'm listening. Back then I was working for a face called Sammy Street in Soho. Nothing big. Sammy never was ambitious, but he liked to hold on to what he'd got. Probably why he's still around today. So, a small operation. Mainly insurance. Protection. You were the muscle. If you want. But keep it shut. I'm telling the story. As I was saying, it was a nice earner, but no great shakes. We ran a few girls, a couple of rip-off shows for the tourists, bookshops and such, and we kept our manor safe for the civilians. For a fee. Nothing's for nothing. Now, do you want to hear this or not? All right, I'll keep it shut. Those days it was the Maltese who were pushing in, trying to take over. One of them, a guy called Marco Valletta, he wanted in on Sammy's turf. Naturally, Sammy didn't want to play. 
First it was all talk, merger propositions, payoffs. Then it started to get nasty. So we decided that direct action was called for, and Sammy pointed me at the problem. He didn't lay out a plan or anything, just gave me the nod. I suppose he thought I'd know how to take care of things. At the time, I really thought I'd come up with the goods. Shows how naive a kid can be. <laughs> I've learned a lot since then. Anyway, I put together a plan that I thought was brilliant. A work of genius. You see, this Marco, every morning before he did the rounds, showing himself where it was needed, he went to the same barber shop in Old Compton Street for a shave, hot towel, the works. Run by a little Greek, set him up for the day. One morning, when the hot towel was in place, the Greek dropped round the corner for the racing paper. Yours truly stepped out of the back room, cut Marco's throat with a handy razor, wiped the blade and put it back with its brothers and left. Less than a minute, and as I thought, problem solved. You've really dropped yourself in it, son. You are up to your neck. I did not expect you to off him like that. Just put some serious frighteners on him. Well, Greek barber gave you up as soon as they asked him. Rule one, never involve civilians. They're unreliable. And now you've got every malt in Soho looking for you. Well, the best thing you can do is get yourself as far away from here as you can and keep low. And if you can avoid it, just don't come back. Yeah, well, I've got long memories. Now, look, there's this bloke in Australia, Sydney. Oh, I've done him a couple of favours, so he owes me. Well, here's a few quid to keep you going. And here's a passport. Don't worry, it's kosher and a flight ticket. Do not go back to your place. You leave now and be on that plane tomorrow. And when you land, you go straight to this man, Don Johnson. He'll see you right. <laughs> Reckon I'm going to miss you, son. You had the makings. My pal's going to be pleased to have you. So, I took his money and his advice. I looked up Don and I made myself useful. I guess Sammy made his peace with Marco's pal, somehow, since he's still alive and thriving now. Probably blamed it all on me for going renegade or something. Anyway, he was entitled, and he had helped me to make my getaway. And the rest is history, eh? You made yourself useful and climbed the ladder. Don needed people who could deliver and knew how to keep their mouths shut. He must have appreciated my talents, and I measured up. I've watched you, off and on since you showed up. One thing you can't hide is ambition. Maybe you thought this was the right time to make your move. You may not have been there, but you had the means. You've been building your own network of loyalties. It was your guys who were supposed to be watching Don's back at the reception. It only needed a bit of a nudge from one of them. Means, opportunity and motive all in a neat package. 
You haven't been listening, have you? Okay. I'll hold my hands up. I fancied my chances of taking over from Don one day. Now is the very worst possible time to make the play, though. Because of what your old pal DCS Cummings said? While he was alive, Don was our shield, our insurance policy. While he looked legit to the outside world, we could carry on behind the scenes. Now he's gone, the fraud squad, and worse, will be on our necks. Cummings wasn't blowing smoke rings. Don had built his organisation to meet threats like this. If he's gone, the organisation's still there. It's a maze of lies and deceptions, important people with an interest in hiding the truth. It's all too big to fall. We just stay put and wait it out. Not when there's a murder investigation involved. You'll see those important people will be running like hell to put distance between themselves and Don Johnson. There's something you're not letting on about. There's something more that's making now the wrong time for Don to be removed. Removed by murder. When a murder is involved, all bets are off. The law don't care who killed him or why or how. They'll just use it to turn everything upside down. You said you had a meeting after the turf club. You were cagey about that. That's what's really spooked you, isn't it? All right. Here's the picture. You're like a terrier with a rat, aren't you? Don was under pressure because his real estate business was going under. So the threat was from the legit world. Irony, really. Crooked bastard about to go under because his legitimate businesses couldn't hold up. Funny. He was great with the bent schemes but couldn't make an honest cent to save his life. And of course, without his legitimate cover, he'd be completely exposed. So he needed a big score and that was what was going down. And this meeting, that was about this big score? Yeah, I don't know all the details, but it involved Don's bank. The private bank? That's right. But Don had plans, he was going to grow it, reverse into a bigger operation. But he needed capital and he needed licences. So he was leaning on his contacts, people he had a hold over. A lot of people were getting uncomfortable, feeling threatened. That's why he wanted to be here at this time. A lot of the people he owned would be here. He could get to them face to face. Nothing in writing, no leaky phone conversations. Get to the meeting. All right, all right. So I have to meet these two guys, a preliminary feel-out, find out what they were offering. The two guys were Russian. The one who did all the talking, he spoke English okay. The other one only spoke to his pal, and in Russian, I suppose. They were going to invest all right, and big numbers. I got a bad feeling about them. They were just the messengers, of course. But it was pretty obvious who they were really working for. And I reckon Don knew, knew for sure. Shit. When Cummings let on that they were being watched, it just confirmed what I'd been thinking. Christ. Dangerous playmates. And I reckon some of the people Don was trying to use had figured out what was going on ahead of me. They might resort to murder to avoid being dragged into something like that. So what are you really doing here? I told you. Making sure the valuables are safe and trying to figure a way of keeping everything together and the law off our backs. What valuables? 
All I see is a pile of files, some papers and some memory sticks. What's on this table is power. Power over people. When you have power, that's all you need. Everything else, money, loyalty, secrecy, that all follows. And what exactly have you been looking for? All the time I've been here, you've been turning those papers over and looking in those files. Something to get DCS Cummings off our backs and buy us some time. And yes, this looks like what I was looking for. This is our trump card. What is it? A photograph. There's a couple and the negatives. Have a look. Whoever he is, he looks like he's enjoying himself. That Stella is DCS Cummings in the flesh. Ah. Nice touch, him keeping his glasses on. You're quiet. Recognise the girl who's showing him a good time? Someone you know? You knew, didn't you? About your sister. Irene, wasn't it? So now you're figuring what happened to my little sister might be my motive for killing Don. Revenge for corrupting little Irene. Why not? Stranger thing. Irene knew what she was doing. After all, she had me as an example. She couldn't wait to get started. And you opened the door for her. Why not? I knew she had talent and she didn't let me down. I was just doing what Don paid me for. Recruitment. But later? What later? Word is that she was edging in on your territory, taking over your turf. And that Don was getting too interested. No fears there. I knew what made Don tick. And then she OD'd. Irene hadn't needed any help with that. She found heroin all by herself. She liked it a little too much, was all. I heard that she was becoming a liability. In everybody's interest if she was taken care of. Nice try. But she managed it all by herself. So I'm barking up the wrong tree. She got what was coming. If Don had had anything to do with it, why would I kill my golden goose over it? Look after number one is my motto. Talk is right about one thing, Stella. You've a heart of stone. Not a bundle of emotions yourself. So, if it wasn't either of us, we've still got a problem. Go on. Whoever did arrange for Don to be killed probably knows that this little lot lying on the table here exists. They probably know for sure that they and their dirty little secrets feature somewhere in it. And they're probably anxious to get their hands on it. But they don't know we've got it. Won't take them long to figure it out, or even just take an educated guess. So if we didn't do it, we'd better find out who did before they come knocking. I knew you were bright. But there's wads of the stuff, and the tapes and videos. Not just here. Don had safe houses all over, all with a cache of this stuff. And then there's the safety deposit boxes. Could be any one of hundreds he'd crossed or thought he owned. How? We've got this. A black covered notebook? It's the master index. It lists everybody he owns and where the dirt he has on them is kept. That's why I came straight here. With this, we've got the key. So you already knew what you were going to find when you pulled out coming snapshots? No, I hadn't had time to look through the book before you showed up. I was just hoping to find something on a bent copper who outranked Cummings. Finding the dirt on Cummings was a gift. Now I can deal direct. 
Can I see? See what? The book. Why not? Can't do no harm. Thanks. You're not wrong. Some of this stuff is dynamite. Some of the names in here. Unbelievable. Pillars of the community, every one of them. And all with a great deal to lose. That's a list of Don's enemies you're holding in your hands. Any one of them might have done it. And then there's those that didn't quite make the cut. The Don Johnson Hall of Fame. The little people who he crossed and tossed aside when they weren't of use anymore. Plenty of them. And their relatives. Don left a wide train of destruction behind him. Didn't he, though? Then there's his new playmates. Maybe the Russians weren't sitting on their hands and my meat was just the blind. Maybe they were already going to take the direct route and skip negotiations. Maybe we've got a war on our hands. This isn't sounding good to me. Maybe it's us that should be doing the disappearing act. Too rich for your blood. I don't fancy mixing it with the Russians. Death by nerve agent or radiation poisoning doesn't sound a great way to go. Don't worry about that. For small fry like us, it would just be a bullet in the head. Not much of an improvement. Look, in amongst all these incriminating files, there must be some hard cash stashed in these safety deposit boxes. Sure, and some jewellery, and uncut stones. So, what are you thinking? Obvious, isn't it? Grab the money and run. Do a disappearing act, like I said. Find some backwater with a nice climate and blend in. Haven't you heard of the global village? Everywhere's connected now and there are eyes all around. Unless you're planning to set up in the Amazon jungle, there is nowhere to disappear. It's been done. Not if you're red hot like we'd be. And we wouldn't have extradition treaties to hide behind. Anyone who wants to find us and deal with us wouldn't need to keep on the side of the law. Now I think about it, some Brazilian jungle doesn't really appeal. We'd wind up killing each other, if it got that far. So what do you suggest? Stand our ground and fight back. There isn't really a choice. We use Don's legacy and make his friends our friends and use them like he would have. So when do we start? First thing tomorrow, I'll call on my old pal DCS Cummings and get him off our back. That'll be a start. Maybe even get him working for us. <laughs> That'll be a laugh. The might of the Met doing our legwork. Then we'll have a close look at what we've got here. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, here's a thought. We might be able to make use of Cummings straight off. He says some of his pals were interested in my Russians. Maybe we could give them to the Cummings and make him a hero and get the Russians out of our hair. You're the boss. I'll keep that safe as well, thanks. What's that? The book. I'll take it back. Wouldn't want it getting mislaid, would we? No, of course not. You planning to stay the night? That's what I usually do. All right with you? Fine by me. Keep your friends close. Don't be long then. Just locking this stuff up for the night. You'll know where to find me. Sure. Keep my friends close.
keep my enemies closer. You have been listening to Danny Carver's story by David Pollard in a production by Hand to Mouth Sound Theatre featuring David Pollard as Danny Carver, Lorna Hollister as Stella, Malcolm Hollister as DCS Cummings and Graham Ball as Sammy Street. information about this and other episodes, please go to the website progressivemurdermysterypodcasts.com or the Facebook page. Thank you.